This is the Wealth Ability for CPAs show. Better clients, better practice, better life. Here's Tom Wheelwright. Welcome to the Wealth Ability for CPA show, where we're always discovering how to get better clients, build a better practice, and have a better life. Hi, this is Tom Wheelwright, your host, founder and CEO of WealthAbility and our WealthAbility Network. So our profession is in danger of extinction. Between AI and blockchain and other technologies, if we don't shift or pivot what we're doing, whether we're an employee, a CPA is an employee, or whether we have our own practice um, or we have partners with our practice, if we don't make a massive shift in what we're doing over the, the next few years, we're literally going to be out of business. So we are very, very fortunate today to have an expert on this issue. Jenny Blake, who wrote the best-selling uh, book, Pivot, The Only Move That Matters Is Your Next One. Okay, that, that whole idea is so critical to what we're doing in our profession that I just think it's so timely that we have uh, Jenny on the show today. So Jenny, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much, Tom. I'm thrilled to be here. And as we said before hitting record, I was just crunching all my numbers earlier today with great admiration and respect for all that you and your <laughs> listeners do. So thank you. Well, thank you for that. So, you know, this idea of, of pivoting, maybe if you could give us, first of all, a little bit of your background. And if you could just give us a little bit idea of what do you mean you know, when you think of the word pivot, because that's kind of your word, uh, you know, what do you think about when it comes to business or job or really anything? Great question. I've worked in all different size businesses. I worked at a startup for two years as it grew from the first employee, me, to 30 people, and then later got acquired. I pivoted without using that language at the time, moved over to Google. Um, and I was at Google as it grew from 6,000 to 36,000 employees, so a period of very rapid expansion. And then I left Google when my first book was coming out in 2011. So I've been running my own small solopreneur or solo pluspreneur based business for the last eight years. And through that whole journey, I realized that I was hitting plateaus or pivot points, this language that I now have every few years. And at the time, each moment felt like a crisis. And I didn't know what to do. And I felt very nervous and anxious and fearful for my job and my salary. And so I started to study what was happening in Silicon Valley, which is where I'm from, actually, I now live in New York City. When startups talk about pivoting, it's often plan B, the business direction or strategy is not working. So now the business has to pivot to stay afloat. And that's what we've seen with Huge companies like YouTube used to be a video dating service. Twitter was a podcasting service. These companies have pivoted to multi-billion dollar businesses. But when it comes to our careers, and I know that everyone listening is kind of in a hybrid situation because we're both pivoting the business itself, but also as a business owner, thinking about our own growth and our career. And what I came to realize at the end of the day was that so many pivots are actually a product of our success that you haven't done anything wrong, but you're ready for more growth and more impact. And so I wanted to create both understanding around what it means to pivot and how we're all experiencing this in our careers. Just as you said, Tom, the 
disruption is happening across every industry. So we're being asked to understand what's next much more often. But also part of what I created with the book is the pivot method, a four-stage framework to actually double down on what's working to shift methodically in a new direction without a feeling that we're starting from scratch. So for everybody listening, as you said, with changes coming in the industry, the question is really not, it's so easy to focus on what's going to go wrong, what we don't know, what we don't have, what we don't want. But the pivot method and my process is really about looking at what is working, what brings you the most joy and energy in your business, and how can we do more of that. And that can include who are even your ideal clients. And within the work that you do for clients, what is it that energizes you most and where you add the most value? And how do we build and shift methodically from there? You know, I, 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 I love that because... <laughs> As as my my employees will will tell you, we are constantly we're always looking for okay, what do we do next? How do we how do we make it better, or how do we completely cha- how do we completely convert what we've been doing into a completely different type of business? So we are constantly constantly on this pivot, and and because I see it as an opportunity, I I see um, all these challenges. I'm going, oh my heavens, this creates so much opportunity. I remember. Um, uh, I was in the national tax office of Ernst & Young in 1986. This was prior to 2017, the last time we had a major tax change. And I was young staff, and I I remember raising my hand, and I had all these just big brains around me, and I said, okay, they're calling this the Tax Simplification Act of 1985, and if, if it's going to simplify everything, are we going to be out of jobs? And, you know, the... <laughs> Partners just looked at me and said, yeah, that's what they said in 1954. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. On the other hand, I'm looking at I'm going, but this is an opportunity. So anytime there's a change, that's an opportunity. And it's an opportunity, certainly it's an opportunity to be better than our competition and to get ahead of the game. And in this case where, you know, CPA profession, not exactly fast moving as a profession, this is an opportunity for, especially if you're an employee or you're a small, you know, small, smaller CPA firm to really, cause you can pivot quickly. So Jenny, if, if you would, I know you've got, got these four steps and we want to hear them because I, I want people to understand that pivoting is something that, not only do we have to do it's it's really fun i mean this is where we get this is where we get energy for our business and and here's the other thing our employees you know we have so in our profession jenny um we have a lot of old white guys right running the business i mean it's it is a fact of the of the matter and it's a little sad but at the same time, so what we have is we have a bunch of baby boomers like myself who have, are hiring a bunch of millennials. And, and I get all of these, uh, my, my baby boomer friends are saying, oh, it's so hard to work with millennials. I'm going, no, it's not. I said, my, my, my partner is a millennial. My business partner is a millennial. My, my staff, they're all millennials. And they are fabulous. And they work hard. And they're going, why? What's the difference? I said, well, they have a purpose you know, they actually are looking forward to it. So they're looking to the future. And the, and the challenge we have in our profession, Jenny, is that we're always looking to the past. So so now that you've kind of got a feel for the profession, how, walk us through how you would, would would help somebody pivot either from their, their job to, and I'm, I'm sure the pattern's the same, uh, either from their job to starting their own business, which is what we do in our network for a lot of people is help them start their own CPA firm. Or 
if they're pivoting in their business or going, look, I've been doing tax returns and financial statements for all these years, and I might not have the opportunity to do that in the future because that may all be done by computer. So what do we do? Well, I love hearing your enthusiasm for change and just for how much of your career you've seen it as an opportunity and something exciting. And even hearing you talk about the millennials on your team, there's so much shame and blame in the, in the media about millennials and how they're ruining everything. And I just think it's such a gross generalization that really at the end of the day, it's not just millennials, but I do think that they're very loud advocates for making sure that we're constantly learning and growing at work and that the work we're doing is making an impact, either on the business, on your clients, on the broader community, on their families. So those are questions that at every age and stage and bank account balance and generation, people can really benefit from. So as, as frustrating as it can be to have these wily employees who just won't stay put, Sometimes the alternative is actually how do we help them grow within their role? And that goes for all of us. So whether it's within your role, whether you're pivoting from a working at a company to starting your own business or pivoting within your own business as an owner, the four stages really boil down to these four questions. What's working? What does success look like one year from now? What's out there? What can we try? So the whole method boils down to one thing, and that's what can we try, small experiments to test the waters of a new direction. And I'll tell you, I've, this is new that I've distilled it. The book came out in 2016. And originally, the pivot method was based on the idea of a basketball player, that when a basketball player stops dribbling, one foot stays firmly planted. That's their stability. It's their strength. It's their foundation. So the first stage is plant. Your stability comes from what's already working best, what energizes you most, what are your values, and what do you already have under your belt? None of us are starting from scratch. The second crucial part of the plant stage, this foundational piece, is what does success look like one year from now? Because just because we say CPA does not mean that everybody has the same vision for what their life and work and career an ideal average day will look like a year uh, from now. That's right. So how much do you want to be earning? What is your ideal average day? Who are you surrounded by? Who are your ideal clients, your ideal team members? How do you want to learn and grow given what's happening with technology? Mm -hmm. Where are you excited to grow your skills? You know, Jenny, what you're, kind of impact you're, do you want to make? You're, you're saying yeah. something here that I, I, I just want to interrupt for a second um, because I think this is a really important point that that we forget sometimes in our profession and certainly in the entire pro, um, financial services profession, you're talking a lot about what we want. And so often yes. we talk to people about what they need. And I think that that is a huge mm -hmm. mistake um, because, you yes. know, like when, when, when a financial planner says, you know, what do you need re to retire? And, and I always want to turn to him and ask the question, so what, so I don't live under a bridge? I mean, what is it you're talking <laughs> about? Right. Okay, whereas, right. you know, we always focus with our clients on what do you want? What, you know, when do you want to retire? What, do you want to retire at all? What, what is it that you want during the process, well, you know, what, what type of, for example, what type of investment do you even want to do, right? What do you want your role to be? I mean, all of these things, it's about what you want because my experience is we're far more successful and far more happy if we're doing what we like doing and, and we're going where we want to go. So I, I, I think you're exactly on the right track. Absolutely. And so much of building into the future does require what I would call pivot runway. 
but it requires money. And this is why we're all in the, you know, everyone listening and you, Tom, you're in the right place. Like having a grasp of the financials is so important. And I had a fierce inner CFO that was very upset with me leaving Google in 2011. I was making six figures. I was in my late 20s. And my inner CFO just said, you're insane. And so what I like to do when I'm coaching others is because I can get practical about the numbers with the best of them, but it's not the end of the story. So I like to ask for minimum needed to pay the bills, nice to have, and jump out of bed with glee. So anytime I'm asking a client for a number, it's going to come from that range of three things. Minimum needed, nice to have, jump out of bed with glee. So even for retirement, identifying what those three might be. And that way we don't just feed the fear side. We don't just say, oh, well, just to make sure I don't get living, I'm not living in a van down by the river, I have to clear this minimum number. That's not that inspiring. And also it's not helpful because building toward the vision, that's what's motivating and compelling. And people are so creative and resourceful. If they're really connected to a vision of what success looks like, then when we get into the next stages of the pivot method, it's much easier. So once you have this plant foundation, plant foot is what's working and what does success look like a year from now. Going back to the basketball analogy, then your pivot foot is free to scan for passing options around the court. So scanning is about three things, people, skills, and projects related to what you just came up with the plant stage. And I find that when pivoting, most people skip right to scanning. They just think, oh, I'm at a pivot point. Oh, changes are happening in the industry. What's out there? Who do I need to talk to? What do I need to learn? But it's not rooted in what's working best for them already and what their vision is. So people, skills, and projects should be based on the foundational steps, the plant stage. And then the third stage, pilot, is about saying, okay, now what can we try? What small experiments can we run with 10 to 20% of our time? So for those who are employed, maybe they want to try and experiment taking on a new project at work that helps them practice something they'll be doing on the outside. If you're running your own business, you can pilot a new stream of income, a new way to bill your clients, a new service that you offer your existing clients. Maybe you're piloting a new type of person or product. So the goal is that you don't have to know. And, and this is, if, if listeners, if you only take one thing away, it's that you do not have to solve your pivot up front. Yeah, let, let me give let me give you an example of this. Let, let me give you an example of this. This is so good. Um, so, um, about a year ago, just a little over a year ago, we decided. Well, we kind of wanted to investigate what would it be like. What would it look like if we actually started a network of CPAs? And so we thought, well, we'll bring a few people in and. We'll test it. We were that was scanning, right? And we're kind of we'll see what's out there. And and I just said, you know what? Th that's crazy. I said, here's what we're gonna do. <laughs> we're gonna do a three day seminar, and we're gonna bring people in, and we're going to sell them into the idea, the the network, and we're gonna see what happens when we do that. Okay, and. Is there a demand for it? Is there something? Is there a need for it? And so we 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 brought thirty CPAs. I mean, that included their staff and 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 partners, et cetera, into a room, and we did a three day seminar on how to how to uh, change your CPA, how to basically revolutionize your CPA practice. And we came out of it with most of them wanting to be members, and we said, oh. I guess now we're going to actually have to come up with the contracts and systems and everything else. 
And, you know, my point is that I always like to, you know, let's, let's see if there's a demand out there. Let's see if there's, if it really is something that is going to work before we get into all of this time and effort. The challenge I think accountants we have is we want to build it first to see if they'll come. And sometimes we have to see if they come before we build it. Does that make sense, Jenny? Right. Absolutely. And that's the whole agile methodology that they talk about. Our lean startup is a great book by Eric Reese, which is that if you put too much effort in building and deciding and doing things in your head, then by the time you launch something or create it or move in that direction, you don't actually know if A, if it's going to work and B, if it's what you want. So the metaphor I like to think about switching for a moment off of basketball, think about racehorses at the Kentucky Derby. Your job is really just to line up those pilots or racehorses at the starting gates, lift the gates and say, go. And then the experiments will start to show you which ones take on a natural momentum of their own. So that's really how I think about piloting. And then when one pilot is showing you that it's succeeding, it's energizing you, you want to invest more time and resources into it, that's where we get to the fourth stage, which is launch. Then, now that you've reduced risk, you're clearer on what's actually working and how you can build that momentum, launches, you go in that direction. And we're, the truth is we're always more in a state of pivot than not. And I think you, Tom, that's true for you more than anyone, that there's no there there. Part of this is getting comfortable with change. And then through small experiments, we're always looking at what's working, what does success look like, what's out there, what can I try? And we can have that as a regular practice, not just something we do once every few years when we're sent into a tailspin. No, for I, some I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I mean, to go back to, to my example here. So, you know, we, it, it was clear to us at that point that we had a demand. We had people that quite frankly took this enormous leap of faith with us because they handed us a check without having any idea what we were going to do. At the same time, what, you know, going back to that planning, that pivot foot, we knew what we were good at was training. I mean, we know that's what we're good at. I've spent 40 years um, developing training programs for CPAs, um, speaking on the stage around the world like you have, Jenny, and, and you know, writing books, et cetera. So I've spent a lot of time learning from some of the best um, uh, teachers out there, like Robert Kiyosaki, how to actually put on a, you know, a three-day seminar. So putting on a three-day seminar for me was not that big of a deal. I, I knew I could do this and I could do this without a whole lot of effort because I just, I know how to do it, right? So I didn't have to, I, I, I could leave my pivot foot there and do something I was comfortable with, know, know that I would deliver value to people. So even if nothing happened out of it, I'd come up with a three-day seminar, right? So there was a product I that. that I'd come up with. So I, I'm a big believer that anytime we do this pivot, that, that even the test that we do should be profitable. I'm a big fan that everything we do should be profitable. So we shouldn't say, well, we need to spend all this money and then worry about, okay, maybe it'll be profitable. Same with marketing. I mean, I talk to my marketing people and I, I, I hold them accountable. I said, okay, I'm fine spending this. I'm, I'm, I'll spend whatever money you want. If, if you need $5 million and you're going to produce $20 million, I will get the $5 million. Don't worry about it. But you need to show me that it's going to get the $20 million. Or if it's $5,000, that it's going to get the $20,000. So it's, it's really a function of everything we do can be profitable. So, and, and I'm saying this because with CPAs, we're, as a 
as a group, we're very risk averse. Okay. Um, I'm probably less risk averse than most. Um, but as a group, we're very risk averse. And so, uh, what I, what I want to explain to everybody listening is it's okay. You know, we, we don't have to take a lot of risk here. And that's why, you know, you know, you, you sell it before you produce it is a far less risky proposition than spending all sorts of time and money coming up with something and then selling it. Uh, that, uh, to me, that, I mean, you've risked all that time and money when what you could do is you say, well, let's test it. Let, let's, let's just go do this trial like you're talking about, Jenny. Let's do this trial. And if it works, let's go gung-ho, which is what we did. And, you know, a, a year later, we're, uh, uh, you know, we're, by the end of this year, we expect to be at 50 members. And we started a year ago. And, you know, so we just, we found that, yeah, we pivoted to the right place. It's nice when you find that, right? But I'll, I'll tell you, I've done a lot of pivots and they don't work out. But guess what? I've always learned from them. And I always make sure that when I do that pivot, it's always profitable. I love it. Well, spoken like a true expert in the, in the accounting field and, and focus on the bottom line. And I love your vision that of course, why not have your experiment tied to revenue and be profitable? And that way we don't have to create so much stress for ourselves every time we're doing something new. And I love your example for two reasons of, of holding the workshop. One, or actually three. One, it sounds like it brings you tremendous joy and you really enjoy it. And it's a strength of your company and of you. But two, I love how in facilitating you would be building an asset. So almost if no one showed up, you'd still produce something that you could package and sell later on. So the process of building it and, and running this experiment was actually going to teach you a lot along the way. It wasn't going to be for nothing. There was no sure. downside here. And then by the time you're done and it worked, you knew, okay, this, this worked and we can do more of it. But just building with profit in mind. And also I think anytime that someone can do something and enjoy the process and get value, I'll give you an example the podcast, my podcast, Pivot Podcast, is the least profitable thing that I do in my business, unless you put it in the marketing bucket. <laughs> Otherwise, it just costs money. It doesn't earn money. However, I've made priceless connections with mentors and people in my industry. And I know for sure that I do get business from people who listen and then they, they dive farther into the Pivot universe. But if, if I look at it only on its own, I might be disappointed. I might say, oh, no, I don't have enough listeners or I don't have sponsors. But when I see it as intrinsically valuable, even if I had no listeners, because of these intangible benefits that it's providing, that is also how I know that I've really landed on a, a good pilot or activity for me in my business. Well, that, that, that's knowing that we still need to make revenue somehow. <laughs> no, that's for sure. Because any anytime we're doing something that is in that we're learning from, so I know that when I do, like I'm learning all. I'm sure that today in this podcast, I'm learning more than any other listener. Okay. Because when, whenever, you know, I'm, I'm doing a podcast and I do another podcast that is, as to the business owners and investors called the wealth ability show. And when, when I do that show as well, what I'm doing is I'm learning as I'm preparing, as I'm delivering, as I'm talking to people. And so, and that's, and, and that's what we need to do. We need to constantly be learning and growing because for, for, for if nothing else, it stimulates our brain to be thinking about, okay, what, what next? What, you know, what can we keep doing? What do we keep, keep moving? Because the, the biggest challenge I find with people is that they get stuck in college, 
basically, or they get stuck from their first job and they go, well, I already learned it, so I don't need to learn anymore. We turn down, um, actually, we turn down more, uh, we turn down a number of CPAs in our network because they don't want to learn. Um, I, I, I'm really clear. The, the qualification to be in our network is that you want to learn and you, and, and you don't already know everything. If you think you already know everything, then I'm not interested because I want, I, I'm bringing you in not just for you to learn from me, I'm bringing you in so I can learn from you. So I, I think right. that that's the, really our greatest asset. The greatest thing we can spend money on is education because that's what's going to facilitate our growth and that's what allows us, frankly, to pivot. Yes, I'm with you. I feel like learning is upgrading my OS, my operating system, exactly. my whole self. And everything benefits and, and that it is. And I think if we can step back from the stress, because I am not somebody who's this fearless entrepreneur. In fact, I never thought I was cut out for entrepreneurship because I am very risk averse, practical, um, financial security is very important to me. But whenever I can step back from the brink of worrying about my finances, like my inner CFO takes over, then I realize I'm learning. And actually that anytime we're pivoting, there's a gap between where we are now and where we want to end up. And that's what, that's what the growth process is. So I also try to return to gratitude that I'm thankful. I'd probably be so elated to hear about the problems, the quality of the problems that I'm having today if I told myself 10 years ago. And that all of these gaps in knowledge or the gaps in revenue or the gaps in your business building, um, it's just it's all a chance to learn and grow in a new direction and then hopefully serve and make an impact as we do that. So I'm, I'm with you, Tom, and I just love hearing about your philosophy. Well, thank you, Jenny. And thank you so much for being on the show. Would you please, please, please let us know um, how we can get a hold of you, where we, where we can reach you, and, and get more information about what you do? Because I, I think what you do is such a, an important part to any business and any employee. Tell us, how, how do we find you? Well, thank you so much, and really for all the great questions, and it's an honor to be here. You can go to pivotmethod.com is my main home for everything that I do. Listen to Pivot Podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. And I have a private community for solopreneurs who are looking to build their ideal, what I call a heart-based business, their ideal six-figure heart-based business. So that'll open up in October. If you want to learn more, it's at pivotmethod.com slash momentum. Great. Well, thank you, Jenny. Thank you, everyone. Here's what we always want to remember is that, you know, when we're learning and growing and, and we're pivoting, what's going to happen is, you know, we think we're staying ahead of the game, but what we're really doing is our, our clients are going to be happier because we're pivoting into something that they need, something that they want. And so we're gonna end up with better clients, which of course, anytime we end up with better clients, we end up with a better practice. And when we end up with a better practice, we know we always end up with a better life. Thank you, we'll see you next time. You've been listening to the WealthAbility for CPA show. Better clients, better practice, better life. To learn more, go to wealthability.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.